0: Welcome to the Deeply Rooted Podcast. We are here to root deep in God's Word so that we can live lives of unshakable faith. My name is Ben Jacobson, and I am one of the pastors at Hope Lutheran Church in Fargo, North Dakota, and I am joined today by my colleague, Pastor Sarah Seibold. Sarah, good to have you.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: (laughs) Everyone's excited that you're here.
1: I'm excited that they're excited. <laughs> yes.
0: So it uh, we're going to look at Jeremiah today, where Thanksgiving is behind us and now kind of orienting towards Christmas, and we're going to read um, some of the prophecy that, that leads us to Jesus and to the, the child born in Bethlehem. But before we do that, before we get there, I want to ask you a question, and the question is this. When is it acceptable And appropriate, and this is loaded. When is it acceptable and appropriate to decorate for Christmas?
1: (laughs) This is like a lose lose situation. Yeah,
0: you can't win this. (laughs) You're going to alienate half of our listeners, (laughs) guaranteed.
1: Well, I mean, <laughs> to be honest, like we, we can celebrate Jesus every day of the year. It's awesome, and, and we should, and we but should. That
0: wasn't the question. <laughs>
1: no, I know, I'm but decoration kidding. is part of celebrating, I'm isn't just joking. it? Yes, um, of course. Well, like, okay, so um, in my house, there currently are no Christmas decorations up yet. Mm -hmm. My boys have been asking when we can decorate, and and quite frankly, it's because of time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, when when do we have time to do it? And I said, this weekend. The Friday after Thanksgiving is a perfect time for us Mm -hmm. to do it. Um, But uh, I've also, out of my own laziness and forgetfulness, have left Christmas decorations up all year round. (laughs) So, (laughs) we've had Christmas in my house every day of the year, um, and decorations, but but okay, here's this isn't my story; it's my husband's story. But it's it became part of my story when we got were married um, because we were gifted a ton of Christmas gifts from the congregation I grew up in and mm-hmm. that we were married in, mm-hmm. and um, I, we were so blessed. And but but my husband made it very clear that I it's fine. We can decorate for Christmas. He'll help pull out all the decorations. He'll help set up the tree. But then it's my job to decorate and to take down because when he was growing up, his dad was gung ho about decorating outside the house. Um, It was a bit like National Lampoon's Christmas vacation. (laughs) Like he would pull, he would pull my husband out of school (laughs) to, to help him decorate and put stuff up on the roof and in the yard and so and, and it like traumatized him <laughs> like it like i'm never gonna do that i'm never nope <laughs> they no, you can decorate inside the house all you want it's on you but i'm not gonna go through that again however when our oldest was probably three four years old and he wanted lights mm-hmm. around the window outside mm-hmm. So, uh, he made the ask, and even though my husband was—he thought he was firm, it was gonna be a no—he found himself at Menards getting outdoor Christmas lights to to make our son happy. And so now we do have outdoor Christmas lights. We have the giant bulbs that you stick in the lawn, like the big old-fashioned bulbs, and then we do get a couple strands around our pillars and and our um, our front window and. And it makes our sons happy. Very, very happy. They love it.
0: And that is why last week in our reading from Isaiah, Isaiah said, and a little child shall lead them.
1: Yes. Because Amen. little children <laughs> can lead
0: us into the future <laughs> that we said we would ever yeah. go to.
1: And and here we find ourselves. And
0: here we are. Yeah. And that's probably why God chose a child. Yeah. To get our attention. Amen. Um, You know... I've softened on this question myself. Usually I have the rule of, no, it has to be after Thanksgiving before any decorations for Christmas go up. Mm -hmm. Because I like the the idea of keeping seasons within their Mm. appropriate boundaries. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I'm also sort of like, you know, Christmas carols and hymns, I love them. There's also some really good Advent ones that talk about sort of the longing waiting for uh, so I like to listen to those too but anyway back to decorations um I've totally softened because in our house yes I put our lights up in October because it was a nice day Mm -hmm. and it actually had snowed and frozen and melted and I thought okay there's only so many second chances you get in life so I put them up and uh now they're on so we're celebrating. We'll celebrate awesome. Christmas all the time. Why not? And you know what I saw the other day? What did you say? I saw an advertisement for you can now buy gutters that have lights built in that what? from your phone you can like pick the colors and change them. Oh, so, it's like, like Bluetooth? say it's Halloween and you want orange lights. Oh, and they just stay up so all the cool. time. I know. That's the future.
1: Because then you're ready for every season.
0: Every season
1: that idea genius yeah
0: I didn't look at how much
1: no let's not look at the price tag (laughs) never look at the price all right
0: so we're gonna look at Jeremiah instead and uh there may be a price to be paid there too. Well um
1: God's word is better than Bluetooth lighting.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know I think we can all agree on that. Yes. (laughs) We might not be able to agree on where we where and when we start decorating for Christmas but God's word is better than Bluetooth lighting. Yes. Yes We're going to read from Jeremiah 33, and it begins like this. While Jeremiah was still confined in the courtyard of the guard, the word of the Lord came to him a second time. This is what the Lord says. He who made the earth, the Lord who formed it and established it, the Lord is his name. Call to me, and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says about the houses in this city and the royal palaces of Judah that have been torn down to be used against the siege ramps and the sword in the fight with the Babylonians. They will be filled with the dead bodies of men I will slay with my anger and wrath. I will hide my face from this city because of all its wickedness. Nevertheless, I will bring health and healing to it i will heal my people and i will let them enjoy abundant peace and security i will bring judah and israel back from captivity and i will rebuild them as they were before i will cleanse them from all of the sin they have committed against me and i will forgive all of their sins of rebellion against me then this city will bring me renown joy praise and honor before all nations on earth that hear of all the good things that I do for it. And they will be in awe and will tremble at the abundant prosperity and peace I will provide for it. This is what the Lord says. You say about this place, It is a desolate waste without men or animals, yet in the towns of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem that are deserted, inhabited by neither men nor animals, there will be heard once more, sounds of joy and gladness, the voices of the bride and bridegroom, the voices of those who bring thank offerings to the house of the Lord, saying, Give thanks to the Lord Almighty, for the Lord is good, his love endures forever, for I will restore the fortunes of the land as they were before, says the Lord. This is what the Lord Almighty says, In this place, desolate and without men or animals, in all its towns, there will again be pastures for shepherds to rest their flocks. In the towns of the hill country, of the western foothills of the Negev, in the territory of Benjamin, in the villages around Jerusalem, and in the towns of Judah, flocks will again pass under the hand of the one who counts them, says the Lord. The days are coming, declares the Lord when I will fulfill the gracious promise I made to the house of Israel and to the house of Judah. In those days, and at that time, I will make a righteous branch sprout from David's line. He will do what is just and right in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will live in safety. This is the name by which it will be called, the Lord our righteousness. For this is what The Lord says, David will never fail to have a man sit on the throne of the house of Israel, nor will the priests who are Levites ever fail to have a man to stand before me continually to offer burnt offerings, to burn grain offerings, and to present sacrifices. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. This is what the Lord says, if you can break my covenant with the day and my covenant with the night, so that day and night no longer come at their appointed time. Then my covenant with David, my servant, and my covenant with the Levites, who are priests ministering before me, can be broken. And David will no longer have a descendant to reign on his throne. I will make the descendants of David my servant, and the Levites who minister before me as countless, as the stars of the sky, and as measureless as the sand on the seashore. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. Have you not noticed that these people are saying the Lord has rejected the two kingdoms he chose, so they despise my people and no longer regard them as a nation? This is what the Lord says. If I have not established my covenant with day and night and fixed the laws of heaven and earth, then I will reject the descendants of Jacob and David, my servant, and I will not choose one of his sons to rule over the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, for I will restore their fortunes and have compassion on them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So what we do every time we open Scripture here on this podcast is we just start with two things. The first is what phrases, words stood out to you, and then the second is what questions do you have? So let's start with mm-hmm. the words and phrases. What stands out, Sarah, to you?
1: Um, two things. Uh, we, we talk about, or we hear in verse 10 that you say about this place, it is desolate. It is a desolate waste without people or animals, or I think your version said without men or animals. Mm -hmm, Mm -hmm. Yet in the towns of Judah and the streets of Jerusalem that are deserted inhabited by neither people or animals, there will be a herd once more. Mm -hmm. The sounds of joy and gladness, the voices of bride and bridegrooms, the voices of those who bring thank offerings to the house of the Lord. Um, that imagery um, for me uh, is, it's so striking because um, I, I just want to, my, my brain goes to a couple places immediately. And one of the places are the images that we see of the wars happening in our world mm-hmm. and the desolation and the, mm-hmm. the destruction, mm-hmm. the, in, the uninhabited, now uninhabited places. Mm -hmm. Um, And and God, you know, even though this is spoken to a very specific time and place Mm -hmm. um, in Israel's history, um, there is this vision of a promise of God bringing restoration to to Israel, but I also think to all of humanity, all of the earth. Mm -hmm. Um, When I hear those, I think of how... Right now we're in, in the really hard place in terms of the wars raging in our world as well as in some of our communities, the, the violence that still takes place and, and um, the destruction and desolation that yeah. can happen. Yeah. And yet we have a God who promises to bring um, newness and joy and gladness again. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and so that so like that just it's so striking to me. That that imagery,
0: it it is, and and I think part of it is is it answers the question, what does God want for us and Mm -hmm. for our future? Mm -hmm. You know, so often we go to, you know, God will remove us from this place and will exist somewhere else. But here, clearly, Mm -hmm. what God is doing is is restoring the good things of life. God is saying. There's going to be weddings that are happening here, yes. and you're going to gather around and you're going to celebrate. Mm-hmm. And what is a wedding? It's the beginning of a new life. Yeah, um, yeah. and it's it's the the promise that that there is a future, and, and so God God is for the prosperity and the peace and the happiness of humans. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, and we see that very vividly. Mm-hmm. And I love those. You know, well, I don't love the first one, the desolation, no. No. but I love. Mm-mm. I love and so what happens? I think.
1: Well, and I love it's not just restoration of place and people, but also um, in the next in um, the second part of verse eleven about the voices of those who bring thank offerings to the house of the Lord, saying, "Give thanks to the Lord Almighty, for the Lord is good; His love endures forever." There's a remembering that this is from Israel's history where they've turned their back from God. Sure, and and there's. You know Jeremiah talks of destruction in all the Bible, the chapters. Excuse me, leading up to this, up until about chapter thirty, but now all of a sudden there's a restoration of the relationship with God. Right before that, in um, in verse six, I will bring health and healing. I will heal my people and Mm -hmm. will enjoy their abundant peace and security. Mm -hmm. And he talks, I will cleanse them from from all the sin they have committed against me. So it's a restoration of people. Places, relation, spiritually, mm-hmm. and those relationships, mm-hmm. right? The community. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: What else stood out?
1: Um, for me, uh, it was also at the very end, uh, verse 25 and 26. This is what the Lord says. If I have not made my covenant with day and night and established the laws of heaven and earth then i will reject the descendants of jacob and david my servant will choose and will not choose one of his sons to rule over the descendants of abraham isaac and jacob for i will restore their fortunes cuz of course god has established his covenant he has established his law that will not fade uh, jesus came said he came not to abolish the law but to fulfill the law right mm-hmm. so these things won't be abolished and so of course god will restore and have compassion on his people, and I, <clears throat> and I love how you know it's it's the descendants of Jacob and David that go all the way back. It's not just for one time and one people. It's all the way back and all the way forward. When he talks about this restoration,
0: the God who was faithful to Abraham, who was faithful yes. to Isaac, who was faithful to Jacob, continues to be faithful. Yeah, and you can throw your name into the mix, and I can throw mine into there yes. too. Right? That's the beauty yeah, that's of this. That's beautiful. Yeah. The beauty of of how the story of scripture unfolds i i love that too i love this um this idea of as god's almost saying like well look at look at the day and the night look at the morning and the evening and the sun and the moon and Mm -hmm. and the day that those stop Mm -hmm. then maybe i'll go back on what i said but we know Mm -hmm. that the sun will rise Mm mm-hmm the moon will set and and so it's this beautiful thing and actually right at the beginning of chapter 33 Jeremiah mm-hmm. kind of brings us back to who God is in the very beginning and mm-hmm. he says you know this is the word of the Lord who made the earth who formed it and established it mm-hmm. and it it makes that distinction of God is the the creator who who made all of this who is separate from all of this we are his creation yep. and so as his creation, we are embroiled in all the stuff that's happening right in front of us and around us. God is outside of that. And he's bigger than that. And, and I think there's Hmm. something important about the idea that if you forget that, and everything in front of you becomes so big, Mm -hmm. go stare at the stars. Yeah, go look at the crazy tree that's growing in your backyard go you know (laughs) be amazed by those things and remember and i don't say that in like a trite way like oh you're sad go look at this i'm saying be reminded that there is a creator Mm -hmm. who built all of this who made all of this Mm -hmm. who cares for you yes and who wants to restore you to a a good hope-filled life
1: yeah it brings that perspective of there is there is one who stands outside and, and because I'm a Christian I believe there's one who stands outside of all creation but also has come into creation
0: absolutely right to c- absolutely. to
1: restore and to bring bring hope mm-hmm.
0: I'm always conscious of wh- wh- where there's repetition and, oh yeah, mm-hmm. you know we see over and over again. This is what the Lord says. This is what the Lord says. This is or the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, mm-hmm. just sort of reminding that God is is speaking over and over again these different, uh, different promises to Jeremiah. I think that's mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. Questions? Do you have questions when you look at this? I have lots. I
1: have questions. lots of questions. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I walk away with more questions than yeah. I do answers. Me too. Especially when it comes to the prophets. Um, but as I, as I read this text, the, the question pops up for me of, okay, if, if the Lord is bringing good and promise, always the question comes up, when? Mm-hmm. When? Mm-hmm. Um, and also, as it, you made note of it, the other question that pops up um, is, you know, uh, the this is what the Lord says, that reminder that this is the Lord speaking through Jeremiah. So then mm-hmm. the question becomes, okay, how do we know this is the Lord and not Jeremiah? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. that all of this comes from yep. the Lord. Um, and we do get Jeremiah's call story. We do get it in the beginning.
0: Yeah, let's pop back there. What, sure. Mm-hmm. So we kind of dropped in. Uh, Jeremiah is the longest book in the Bible, yes. verse-wise, word-wise. Yep. It's a massive sort of, put together quilt almost of mm-hmm. stories and snippets and sermons and prophecy. And, and it's all sort of tied together with lots of different threads. I mean, I think, yeah. you know, the the main thread is that this is a story about judgment, but also God's grace and, and how those two things actually work together to bring the future that God uh, has designed. But let's talk, yeah, who is Jeremiah? Where did he come from? What?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's all the way back in chapter one. Um, Gosh, I gotta. Maybe I'll just read that starting at verse one or Mm -hmm.
0: at verse four. In my Bible, there's a nice little uh, header that says "The Call of Jeremiah" that helps me find it very easily. Mm -hmm. The word of the Lord came to me, saying, "Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Ah, sovereign Lord." I said, I do not know how to speak. I'm only a child. But the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am only a child. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and I will rescue you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, Now I have put my words in your mouth. See, Today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to plant, to build and to plant. So that's the the beginning of Jeremiah's Mm -hmm. story, right? And Mm -hmm. I I love this because I I think sometimes to be qualified, we need to realize that we're not qualified. Yeah. Yeah. And Jeremiah realizes that. Mm-hmm. And how many of us are like him? You know, oh, God wants me to do this, but I'm too young. I don't have the words. I'm too old. I'm mm-hmm. not, I, you know. So, mm-hmm. so he's a very relatable person, Jeremiah. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And God says to him, do not say I'm, I'm too young. You must go to everyone I send you and say whatever. I do not be afraid of them, for I am with you. And we'll rescue you. And I think those are words we can say to ourselves as if it's God saying it to us. Mm-hmm.
0: I've put your words in my mouth. And then mm-hmm. God gives him sort of the task. Mm-hmm. Over nations mm-hmm. and kingdoms, he's going to uproot, tear down, destroy, overthrow, but then build and plant. Yeah. And I think that's where we see judgment and grace and mercy. Mm-hmm. These sort of two opposing things. Yeah. The judgment is what tears down. Um and the grace is what rebuilds in the mm-hmm. in the midst of that. Yep. So that's where it begins for Jeremiah, and then what follows is is his prophecy.
1: Right? Yeah. Yeah. His calling out of Israel turning their back on God and
0: Yeah, uh, so Israel and he, he
1: just kinda he speaks plainly <laughs> and uh he almost feels ruthlessly, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. to Israel, to its um, kings, to its people. Um, cause they, they are still worshiping other gods and, um, and there will come this, um, there will come another nation from the North that will come and, and make them low and, and destroy. Um, that will, it's the Babylonian empire and it's King Nebuchadnezzar and they're going to come in and, and they're going to, um, send the Israelites into exile. Scattering them, mm-hmm.
0: and it's interesting, you know, with Jeremiah, with Isaiah. Um, one of the questions that I constantly have is, okay, what's going on <laughs> here? Where are we at in right, this? Because yeah. I mean, I think we know that. Yes, the Babylonians came, um, and they 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 took they took down the temple, and mm-hmm. they um, sacked Jerusalem, and they took lots of the especially the elites uh, out of the city and they they brought them to Babylon and put them in prison there. Mm -hmm. And um, we've talked about that at length on this podcast because that's uh, where most of the prophets sit. But but you have judgment that comes before, you have comfort that comes in the moment and you have uh, them looking back then at this time. And so it's sort of this mix of, Mm -hmm. and I'm always asking, where are we at in this process? Uh, is this before the exile? Is this during the exile? Is this after the exile? And most of the time when I ask that question, I don't know. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I don't know the answer. Well, the
1: answer for this one is actually it kind of spans all three. Right. Post, right, or pre, then the exilic, and then the post-exilic. A period because Jeremiah, even in Jeremiah's own um, book here, um, in chapter, now I got to remember, 36. Is it chapter
0: 36?
1: Beautiful. Yeah. Um, uh, King, uh, I'm going to say this name wrong, Jehoiakim.
0: Oh, that was perfect.
1: Did I say it right? Good. <laughs> <know>. <laughs> Today it is. Okay. <laughs> so um, he ends up burning all of Jeremiah's writings and scrolls and teaching. He's so angry. He's so. And and and, and um, Jeremiah is imprisoned for a time, and so all of these things are are destroyed. But then there is um, a person named Baruch, who rewrites and helps keep Jeremiah's what he can. Mm-hmm. Of, of jeremiah's writings and teaching preachings and and whatnot so so he takes years mm-hmm. and years of, of mm-hmm. sermons
0: and stories and prophecy yeah. and he kind of weaves them together and so yes. that's why as you read jeremiah which spans lots of time yeah. and uh you know you get little collections of, of things that mm-hmm. fit together and and the whole thread I mean, there is a thread that goes through the whole thing, but yeah. you bounce around a little bit.
1: You do. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. And in the middle of all this bouncing around are these chapters uh, 30 through, oh, 33, 34. 33, um, I think. 33, where um, these chapters, there are, they're profound chapters on hope and comfort of a Messiah who will come. One, a, a branch, a sprout, from David's line, who will come and who will rescue and restore?
0: And as Christian people, we have a very specific idea of who that is. Yes. Sarah, would you yeah. like to make the big reveal there? <laughs> His name is Jesus. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> he was born in Bethlehem, <laughs> um, and that's why. That's why, as we look toward Advent, we're we're reminded that the prophets did come. They had already foretold. Of this one who would come into the world, not, he would come for Israel, but also for the world.
0: And the hope here is, Mm -hmm. is that there would be sort of a political restoration and peace, but Mm -hmm. also that there would be a a religious restoration of the relationship with God. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we're talking about a priest and a king. Mm -hmm. And Jesus is both. Yes. He is the savior of the world and he is lord of our lives mm-hmm. and so that's the kind of multi-level peace hope uh restoration that jesus brings the 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 peace that we have with god because we are now justified brought back into right relationship mm-hmm. with god and then the peace that we have with each other as we live that out right, right. Um, right. so jesus does bring the things that that god promises here in this chapter. Sarah, What what is, I think it's easy to get bogged down mm-hmm. in sort of the historical context, and I'm not uh, saying that it's not important. I think mm-hmm. it's very important for helping us to understand, but but what is, a, what's a takeaway for those of us who are just trying to get through the day, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. um, how how yeah. do these words, how does this book of comfort speak to us?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, for me, when I hear these words of promise, yes, I know that these are written for a specific time for a specific people, but knowing that they point to Jesus, it reminds me, um, and I think it's supposed to remind us all, honestly, as, as we look out into the world and we can be, feel so overcome with what's happening in our world and and in our nation. Um, we can, we can feel, uh, uh, hopeless and brought down mm-hmm. honestly and and thinking i mean how many people i can't tell you how many people, folks i talk to they feel like the world's about to end because mm-hmm. um, some of the things that are in scripture they feel like it's happening right now mm-hmm. um but when i read these words and i think about um the da- the things daily that i have to face um that my kids have to face and my husband or or um just the daily in and out when life gets hard And I am confronted with this difficult situation like the Israelites were confronted with the consequence, the natural consequence of their sin. Mm -hmm. When I have to face the natural consequence of my sin and it stinks and it hurts Mm -hmm. and I don't know how I'm even going to get through the day. These passages remind me that there is one. Who has a greater plan, a greater purpose and a, and a greater hope for this situation and for my life. That even in this awful situation that I might be working my way through and facing, or just this day, just trying to get through this day, that there is a God who will, in the midst of that, be with me and be working for my good. And will bring me through and will give me hope for today, hope for tomorrow, And hope for eternity.
0: How often do we need that reminder? (laughs) Daily. Daily.
1: (laughs) Daily. Mm -hmm. And Jeremiah
0: gives it to us. Um, Yeah. My challenge for you folks and for myself to help us be reminded of that Mm -hmm. promise that there is a God who holds the future is to catch a sunrise Mm. or catch a sunset And then return to the words of Jeremiah 33. And this is in just about the middle of verse 11. Give thanks to the Lord Almighty, for the Lord is good. His love endures forever. And let that sit in your heart. Because I think we will be changed by those words.
1: Mm -hmm. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Ben.
0: We're back again next week. We can't wait to continue this story of Scripture and and see where God unfolds this story next. In the meantime, I invite you to share this, to like, subscribe, get the word out. We'd love to bring more people into our walk through this story of Scripture. If you want to know more about Hope Lutheran Church, visit us on our website at fargohope.org. And until then, stay deeply rooted.